Hey guys, I am so excited to have Kat Lee on So What Else today. Um, Don't confuse her with Richard and Teresa Lee from last week. They do have the same last name, but there's no relation there that I am aware of. That was just kind of a happy accident. But anyway, I've been following Kat Lee for a really long time. I first heard her speak several years ago and I've followed along with her ever since. And when she agreed to come on the podcast, I was just so jazzed about it. She's awesome. On this episode, she shares her personal story, which is really powerful, but also she talks about her organization that she began called Hello Mornings. And Hello Mornings is a website, it's a blog, it's a book, it's a podcast. It's amazing. There's so much to it. She breaks it all down for us, explains it all to us. And honestly, it truly is life-changing what Hello Mornings does. So I know that you're absolutely gonna love it. So stay tuned to hear about everything. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of So What Else. Today, I am joined by Kat Lee of Hello Mornings. Kat, thanks so much for being here with us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. I I know people can't see the screen right now. Maybe you're maybe not, but you look super legit Uh, in your podcast setup right now. I mean, y'all, she has a logo behind her and everything. (laughs) It's so impressive. I feel like I need to like have makeup people or something. Uh, that's my husband will be thrilled to hear you say that. Cause he's so proud <laughs> of sticking that logo up there on the TV behind me every time. It's like, that's, he's always like, wait, 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 are you doing a recording today? Let me put the logo up. Like he's like, <laughs> Oh, that's so always cute. very jazzed about it. But I like your setup. So tell me you're in a closet. I am. I am. And I, my kids affectionately call it a clawfist. Love that. And, uh, you know, cause it's, it's a closet, uh, but it is also an office. My husband also works from home and we have three kids. So <sighs> all available rooms in our home are taken. So I did what I could with what I had. And that was to turn my closet into an office. It looks it amazing. Actually works. It's very cozy. Totally. It looks amazing. Very cozy. So now I'm sure all the women are wondering, where do you keep your clothes? We well, we actually have two in our bedroom. There's Amazing. an office. My husband's office is off of our bedroom. Okay. And then there's a closet in there. So we share that closet. And then this closet is in our bathroom, which as a side note is kind of awesome because when you need mom time, totally. nobody knows why you're in the bathroom. <laughs> Absolutely. If you're using the bathroom, about to shower, or if you're in your office. So it's just kind of they might not bother you. I love nobody, that. Nobody will bother you. That's a it's good trick. Great. That's a really good trick. I like that a lot. And I feel like that also says a lot about your marriage that you guys have successfully shared a closet for so many (laughs) years. Literally, we moved into this house like a year ago and the closet, like we were moving, we were living in this little tiny house with like terrible closet space. And we moved here and it has like a nice closet in the master bedroom. And I was like, my dream closet. And like, as we were looking at it, my husband was like, you want it all for yourself, don't you? And I was like, I do. I really do. Like, if we could just buy you a wardrobe, that would really, really do a lot for me. And he's like, <laughs> I'll give you the closet. <laughs> well, you know, I think that way, but I look at closets as offices, yes. like potential offices. So, you know, I, I, I feel the same way, but it works. It works for us. We're, pretty, we're both pretty low key as far as our clothing goes. Oh, I love it. So tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself. So if people are tuning in and if they haven't heard your name before, for. Tell us who are you? What do you do? Yeah. So my name is Kat Lee and I run a site called hellomornings.org where we help women build grace-based life-giving morning routines. And I wrote a book called uh, Hello Mornings. And again, it's same topic, how to build a grace-based life-giving morning routine. And really 
my heart behind all of it is that I believe that God has an incredible purpose for each one of us. And it might look different in different people's lives, but I believe he has a purpose and a plan for us. And we can really wake up every day and step into his story that he has for us. And so I want to help women do that with purpose and intention and not feeling overwhelmed. So we've um, just over the years worked with thousands of women and come up with just really simple because I know a lot of times you think uh, morning routine, yeah, yeah. you're going to, you're going to have me, you know, do 10,000 things yep. and it's going to be really complicated and really hard. And it's totally the opposite. Mm-hmm. What we encourage women to do is a lot of times we're like, that's not going to do anything. I'm like, no, it actually stick with me. It is. Yeah. So um, that's just something that I'm really passionate about because we often try too hard at the wrong thing when mm-hmm. the easy thing is what can often make the biggest difference. So, um, and I live in Waco, Texas with my husband of 23 years. Oh. I'm getting to that age where I kind of forget how old I am and how long I've been married. Totally. My, I just had a birthday the other week and my kids and their friends were over and they helped me realize that I was actually turning 46 because all of 45, I thought I was 46. Well, that's fun. You got younger. So, you know, yeah, I, I did get younger. It's kind of nice. Um, I have three kids. Uh, my oldest is going to be a sophomore at Texas A&M University. My, and she, it's a girl, her name's Anna. And then my daughter, Allison is 17. She's going to be a senior in high school. And then my son, Jackson is about to be a freshman or actually as of yesterday, freshman in high school. Oh, so you so. have big kids. I have big kids. It's a it's a much more emotional season than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. But it's fun. It's also super fun. What was it like sending your oldest off to college? You know, it was in the you know the height of COVID oh, right. mask wearing and stuff. Totally. So in that sense, it was great because I had a baseball hat on, sunglasses on, and a mask on, so nobody could see that I was like bawling uh, <laughs> underneath. Yeah. Um, but you know. I'm, I was excited for her. She was such a trooper because last year was a really hard year oh, to be a college yeah. freshman. Yeah. Uh, just especially in Texas because on your own COVID and then we had that big snowpocalypse situation yeah. in Texas. Yeah. So there were some scary situations oh. and she just, she really shone. So hmm. it was, I think all of growing up and letting go is hard, but good. Like a terrible, beautiful. Yeah. It's crazy, you know, because my kids are really little. They're four and two, but my niece left for college. She's a freshman. She left for college yesterday. So the whole family is like, you know, my mm-hmm. husband talked to his mom and she's sobbing on the phone. You know, like my yes. sister-in-law was like, I was in bed with chocolate the whole day. Like, it's just like, <laughs> it's crazy. You know, it's like they're with you 24 seven and then they're not. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, the, the plus side of COVID was that there wasn't as much interaction. And yeah. so I honestly felt like I kind of got to know her even better because she would FaceTime all the time yeah. because it was harder to meet people and stuff. So, you know, there were definitely, definitely pluses and minuses, but mm. what's that saying? The, the days are long, but the years are short yeah. is very very true. Mm, it's crazy. I'm even just thinking about my daughter starting preschool for the first time in a few weeks. And I was talking to my mom about it. And I was like, up until this point, I've just been so excited. Like, oh, good. Like she's going to preschool. We'll have a few mornings a week where I'll just have my younger daughter. That'll be so good for everybody. Get a little space. And I was like, I think I'm going to be emotional when I drop her off. Like, Because especially like you said, with COVID, they, we've literally been like not apart at all. You know what I mean? Because right. it's like, where are they going? So- it's crazy. Oh, I just can't even. Imagine. All those changes are are emotional, but fun and exciting. Yeah. And oh, so. All right. You talked about Hello Mornings. 
I first heard about you. I heard you speak on a podcast about four years ago. So I was like a brand new mom. I was like pushing my daughter in a stroller because she never slept. So like that was what I would do for her nap time every day is I would walk for like an hour to two hours in the middle of the day to give her her nap. And I used to listen to the happy hour a lot. I still do. And I heard you on there and your talk always stuck with me. Your, your episode always stuck with me. I always like remembered your name. I follow you on social media and I just want to really hear, I know you gave us a brief intro, but I would love for you to tell everybody because it's a big thing. Hello mornings. It's a website. It's a blog. It's a book. It's a podcast. Like there's a lot to say. It's not just like, Oh, like a morning routine, do that. Like there's so much to it. So I would love to hear, um, just kind of like where this started from and just to tell us about it, because I know that your (laughs) motto or whatever is wake up for your life, not to your life. Is that right? Did I say that right? That's exactly right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. love that. So kind of just tell us, like, tell us about that motto. Tell us how you started Hello Mornings. Yeah. Well, you know, it kind of goes back to the exact season that you're talking about, that I was in the midst of motherhood with three kids. We had just gone from man to man to zone defense with all of our kids. And it was overwhelming. And, you know, especially as a young mom, we are so idealistic about how we think things should look, how we think we should respond. And in our heads, it seems easier Mm -hmm. Or it seems like it should be easier than it actually is. And it's just such an emotional season. I remember one day in particular, I was just, you know, I just felt like I'd been a horrible mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, I call it my terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And I finally got my kids to bed. And I was just so, honestly, just so disappointed in myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, three kids at this point, I was like, you know, (laughs) I've got three of these Mm -hmm. and I'm still not doing it right. Mm -hmm. And just got kind of to a low point. And I remember going out into my garage. I live in Texas, as I mentioned. So it's always like 500 degrees here. (laughs) And it was July. And so I sat in my minivan in my car (laughs) and I was just sobbing. And Mm. I was just like, God, this is not how I wanted to be as a mom. Mm. Uh, This is, I I don't know how to do this right. Mm -hmm. And I need your help. And just very clearly felt like he was impressing upon me, um, that I need to get up early. And I, I remember my first thought was like, you know what? I have three little yeah, kids. Yeah. I already get up really, really early. Yes. And and the next thought was that phrase was that, you know, he wants me to start waking up for my life and not just to my life. It wasn't so much about waking up early or accomplishing all the things, but waking up with purpose and intention and the hope that he has something for me, that he doesn't have everything for me. I don't need to do everything every day, mm-hmm. but he has something that he wants me to do. Mm-hmm. And so that he wants me to get up and connect with him Mm -hmm. so that I can do that one thing instead of trying to do all the things that I think I should do and wearing myself out. So that's really kind of how it started. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think a part of that, just the reasoning behind why I was so disappointed uh, in my the way that I was mothering yeah, totally. was uh, just that I never knew my mom. Yeah. So she was from the Philippines and she came over as a nurse and met my dad and they fell in love and got married and had my brother. And then they had me. And when I was nine months, she passed away. Mm. And so just growing up, I never 
really knew that mother-daughter relationship and kind of knew that I would never really know it. I might Mm -hmm. have great women in my life. Yeah, Uh, My dad did get remarried when I got older, but just that intrinsic thing that all creatures have, Mm -hmm. I just felt like I wasn't going to know that I wouldn't know. And it's just always this very hard place for me when Mother's Day would roll around, Mm -hmm. when, you know, you're a teenager and all your friends are going shopping with their moms. Yeah. So in my head, I really held up becoming a mom as my redemption of that. So then when I got there and it, I wasn't the mom that I wanted to be, uh, I just was very despondent, I guess. I don't yeah. know. If, that's probably too strong of a word, but just like, God, I'm missing something. And he's yeah. like, it's me. You just need me yeah. every day. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how it got started. And then I just started, honestly, I started getting up and going into my closet, which was actually closed at that point in time. And I would just get up and, you know, read a verse, ask God, you know, what, what do you want me to do today? How do you want me to love on my kids? Mm-hmm. And it was just a very simple meeting with him before I jump into the day every morning. And that's kind of how it grew and over the process of implementing it in my own life, helping other women build that habit. Mm. It kind of got a little bit more structured, but Mm. that's basically how it got started. That's, that story is amazing. I mean, I know that there's probably so many people listening to this that can relate to you on the, you know, getting your kids into bed and then going into your van and crying, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, I can't, I don't know of a mom that hasn't had a day like that or hasn't had a lot of days like that. You know, it really is like, it's crazy. You know, like motherhood is beautiful and it's so hard. And I think that that's really interesting what you were saying about how, you know, you not having a relationship with your mom growing up, you felt like, okay, like I'll like redeem that part of my life. Like I'll kind of like fix it when I become a mom. And, you know, I think that like, I don't know. I feel like there's so many people that do that to a degree, right? Like not Mm -hmm. necessarily if they've lost their mom or something, but I even know in myself thinking like, oh, like when I become a mom, that will, you know, it'll make me feel like this is the thing I was made to do. And it's like going to come easy to me because I felt like, you know, other things in life didn't necessarily come easily to me. And I kind of felt like it's just going to be this thing where like I naturally fall into it and I'll be like, obviously God intended me to be this like mother earth, like whatever. And then it's like, (laughs) you're a few months in and you're like, um, (laughs) I can't do this. Like, what am I doing? Like I'm lost. I have no idea. And like, I feel like I'm failing and it can be this really dark place. Like I know a Mm -hmm. lot of moms, it can be a really dark place. Obviously we love our kids, you know, but that doesn't mean that it's easy every day. Right. You know, we often think that it's just going to come naturally. Yep. That, you know, we have our child and then the shaft of light is going to come down from heaven and bestow upon us 100%. everything that we need. Oh, yeah. And I think it's probably true that everything in life that looks easy took so much work to get to. Like the Olympics just happened. Yeah. And it looks super easy to throw a shot put or it looks super easy yes. to run effortlessly around a track. Mm-hmm. But literally day in and day out, they are grinding and working and refining. Mm-hmm. And that's really kind of what Hello Mornings is all about day in and day out saying, okay, coach, mm-hmm. God, I need help today. Okay, coach, God, I need help. Uh, just loving and being more patient. And just the the consistency over the years is what makes a mom. It's not what you do mm-hmm. each and every day. It's the faithfulness. And yeah, that's an important thing that I think I've 
taken a long time to learn and to give myself grace for those hard days. Mm. So when did you start to feel like, okay, so like you had the the dark day, you know, you were in mm-hmm. your van and then the next, then you started feeling like, okay, I need to wake up for my life, not to my life. I'm going to get in my closet in the morning and just like pray. When did you start to kind of feel like a shift? Like, did you, like, how did you kind of get to a point where you were like, this is helping me? Like, this is helping mm-hmm. me to attack my day differently. Yeah, honestly, it took a while because I think anytime we try to do something new and do it consistently, it's never a straight line. Totally. It's always ups and downs, mm-hmm. ups and downs, especially when kids are little, they wake up early, yep. they wake up crying, everybody's sick, something always shifts things. So I really found that the more that I gave myself grace mm. instead of clinging to the guilt mm-hmm. when I would miss a day, yeah, the more consistently I spent time with him. And then the more consistently I spent time with him, Uh, just the more focused I felt with the day I'm total sports person. So I will throw out lots of sports analogies, but it's just like any athlete that was at the Olympics, they didn't just run out to compete. They all talked to the coach before they went onto the field of competition Mm -hmm. and say, okay, what's the strategy? Even, even track. Yeah. You think you just run fast, just go. And afterwards they, you know, they would say, well, I really just stuck to my game plan that I had with my coach. And, and it's like, us, like we're sitting there and we're like, well, I don't get it. Like, what's the game plan? You like, ran. don't you just go like that? Right. But it's like, we don't realize like so much goes into it. Exactly. And I think the same is from motherhood. And I think our culture views motherhood as, oh, it's just natural. You just do it. Yep. And then, you know, we know that so much goes into it. So, you know, it really took a long time for that habit to build, but then it was also really just a gradual growing and walking with him Mm -hmm. and bringing him into my day so that in the beginning, maybe it was a bit more compartmentalized. Okay. I'm spending time with God Mm -hmm. and now I'm going to go take care of my children. And as I built that happen habit, it was more like, um, I had a friend who used the analogy where when she would wake up and spend time with God, instead of the picture of her opening her like being at home and opening the door to invite God into her home Mm -hmm. with her family. Mm -hmm. Instead, she's knocking on a door Mm. and God is in there with her children already doing something. And she steps into what he's doing. And there's just something about that shift in perspective that I think is really powerful because we think it's on us Mm -hmm. and it's not. And the more we spend time with him, the more we realize that he loves our children more than we do. And he has a better plan than we do. He has better solutions than we do. And so it's almost like a daily surrendering to, okay, God, what do you have for me today? And how can I listen and love my kids well? So it's really just a process, just a sticking to it, I think. And, uh, you know, I still don't feel like I do things perfectly. Mm-hmm. I have all teenagers. I don't think any mother of teenagers feels like they do anything perfectly, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just trusting God that he's walking with us. And I love that. Yeah. So if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, I can't like, uh, uh, the idea of getting up like an hour before my kids, you know, whatever, like, I can't do it. I'm overwhelmed. No. Something Mm -hmm. that I love about when I first heard you speak on the happy hour is you talked about the three minute morning. And I remember thinking to myself like, oh, three, I could do three minutes. I could do, I could do that. So what is the three minute morning? Tell us. Okay. So it's going to sound a little overwhelming at first because the three minute morning is about three things Mm -hmm. that I think are important for our morning routines. And those three things are God time, plan time, 
and move time. Mm -hmm. And I know when I initially say that, everybody's thinking, okay, well, I need to read my Bible for 60 minutes. Then I need to, you know, get down my calendar and do my GTD system for Mm -hmm. setting goals and planning. Then I need to exercise for an hour. Totally. And while I think all these aspects are so important, I think it's really more of a flow. So we want to spend time with God so that we know our plan for the day so that we can move into his will for our lives. Mm -hmm. And we've kind of just boiled it down to the three minute morning, which is the first minute of the day, Mm -hmm. uh, just praying. Uh, We recommend praying a Bible verse because a lot of times, I don't know about you, but I can, if I'm not waking up in a good headspace, Mm -hmm. I can complain I don't know if you ever do oh, this. Oh, I love that. But it's, it's like praying, but I'm really just complaining. I like that so, term. I'm using that. <laughs> use it. Use it. So I love starting with scripture because I'm just telling God back to him what he has already said and yeah. stated to be true. So our verse that we love to use is Psalm 143, 8. Mm-hmm. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For to you, I entrust my life. Mm. And just taking a minute. And just praying that to be true. Yeah. Praying it slowly, not just just rambling it off, but just really praying that it would be true in my heart and in my life Mm -hmm. for the day. So that's the first minute. Okay. Um, And and it can be any verse, anything you might have memorized, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. uh, but that's just what we recommend. Mm -hmm. And then the second part is planning your day. Mm -hmm. And that's just praying through whatever you might have on your calendar saying, okay, God, this is what's on my calendar. Does anything need to go? Mm -hmm. Do I need to add anything? Mm. It's your day, not mine. Mm -hmm. And then the third one, move time, is actually just taking 10 deep breaths because we often, especially when we have little kids, Mm -hmm. we just get up and go into the craziness and we don't take time to just really do things that are good for us physiologically, like drink water yeah. or breathe, you yeah. know? And there's, there, there are just a myriad of physical benefits of just taking a really slow, long, deep breath. Because what happens when we give birth, right? We, oh, we, yeah. we have to do breathing exercises. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it physiologically impacts us, mm-hmm. calms us down, reduces pain, does all kinds of stuff for us. Mm-hmm. So if we just start our day with those three things, and here's the magic. How long is the average snooze button? It's like three minutes, right? Yeah. Three to five minutes. Yes. So what you can do is you can set your alarm. Mm-hmm. Your alarm goes off. Mm-hmm. You hit snooze and laying in bed, you can pray Psalm 143.8. Yeah. You can pray through your calendar and you can take 10 deep breaths. I love that. And you've got a good start for your day. Now, it's kind of like a warm-up versus a workout. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that, you know, this is the only, okay, good. I'm good. That's all I need from God for the day. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe if your day's crazy, that's all you get. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Mm-hmm. And there's grace for that. Um, but then if you have time and space and it's in a season when you can dive deeper into all of those things, then do that as well. But what we really focus on is helping women build the identity mm-hmm. of women who start their day with Jesus, mm-hmm. who live intentionally and who care for their bodies. So that's the three minute morning in a nutshell. I I mean, that's amazing. I hope that that was like life-giving to every single person who heard that because it's life-giving to me whenever I've heard you speak about it because it's like, it's, that's so manageable, right? It's like when someone mm-hmm. has never worked out before and they're like, okay, I'm going to get a gym membership. I'm going to go six days a week, an hour in the morning, an hour in the afternoon. And like, my husband is king of that. Like he will not work out for five years. And then he'll be like, all right, so I'm going to run a marathon next month. And I'm like, 
don't do that to yourself. Like you have to warm up to it. Right. So I'm sure there's people that are like, I cannot get up early that I can't do it. It's not my thing. You could do three minutes. Like anybody on earth mm-hmm. can do three minutes in the morning to just like set their intention for the day. And so I mm-hmm. love that it's like such a doable, like that's not overwhelming, right? Like right. you could do three minutes. Maybe you'll make it more at some point, but start with three, you know, like mm-hmm. you, can you can do, do it that. when you're sick. Yes. When you're on vacation. Totally. When it, you're just, you're literally laying in bed. I mean, you can also get up and do it while you get ready or right. whatever, but at the very least you can do it while you are laying there. <laughs> and so it's just such an easy thing. And I think we underestimate the power of the identities that we put on ourselves and the labels that we put on ourselves. Mm. And we think, oh yeah, I'm not really a morning person. Yeah. And so then we we own that as our identity mm-hmm. instead of I'm choosing, I don't have to be like an early bird, but I can mm-hmm. have great mornings. Uh, so I think there's something to just having that little routine, like my son plays the cello. Mm-hmm. And when he first started in the fourth grade, they literally didn't even give them the bow. They would just sit there and pluck the strings. And I had to do that for five minutes a day. Mm. And, you know, it didn't sound that great. Right. It wasn't very much time, but practicing the cello five minutes a day mm-hmm. has led to him now being in high school and being in orchestra and playing the cello. And it's soothing and lovely to listen to. Yeah. But it started with the five minutes and he built that identity. I'm a musician. Yeah. I'm a cellist. And I think as adults, we think we just need to automatically be great at, every, at everything. Yeah. Instead of being like, kids take a while. Yeah. We're going to take a while at anything new that we do. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I love that. I really do. So do you feel like this is just for moms? Like, is this just a mom thing? Like you should wake up before your kids and like have a morning? Honestly, I think it's for everybody mm-hmm. because I... Very, very firmly believe that everybody has a purpose Mm -hmm. and you literally never know who you're going to impact in any given day. You could have an encouragement for somebody that saves their life that day, that saves their marriage. Mm -hmm. And I think the more people around the world that can start their day tuned into Jesus Mm -hmm. and tuned into what God has for them, uh, the more all of us are going to benefit. And yeah. So I think it's for everybody. And I just feel so much like, I was just talking to my husband about this the other day. And I was saying, because I was talking about, oh, you know, such and such thing happened, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, it makes me think about the Hello Mornings thing about how you're supposed to wake up for your life and not to your life. I was like, Mm -hmm. it's not just a morning thing. It's like the way you attack your life in general. Like, do you want your life to just kind of like hit you all the time? Or like, do you want to be like proactive in your life and like, live your life intentionally, right? That's not to say Mm -hmm. that things aren't going to sometimes surprise you, obviously, like this is earth, but you know what I mean? Like you don't just kind of want to like, just be like floating down the river of life and like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know. Like you want to live your life intentionally, right? Like with goals Mm -hmm. and knowing where you're trying to get to, whether that be with your career or your children or your marriage or whatever. And I feel like the simplest way to live like that is to at very minimum start your day like that. Yes. Right. hundred percent, hundred percent. But it's so easy because I remember, you know, when I first heard you on the happy hour, I, and I'm pushing my daughter in the stroller and it was like, wake up before your kids. And like half of my brain was like, yes, that is so important. I have to do that. And half of my brain was like, this 
thing that I am pushing in the stroller never sleeps. So there is no chance I am setting an alarm before she wakes up in the morning. Heck no. Like I can't, I can't sacrifice even three minutes of my sleep. I really can't because like it's, I'm out of control right now. So like, what do you say to women or men or whoever who hear you speak and are like, that's, I really do agree with you, but I can't do it. I can't do it. My kids are nuts. I don't sleep well. I can't wake up my husband with my alarm or whatever. Like people who just think I can't do this. I, first of all, I would say that there is so much grace Mm. to just do it badly. You know, if you do it one day and then don't do it the next 10, that's great. Mm -hmm. But I think as long as we're alive, Mm -hmm. we're not failing. Yeah. As long as we're alive, we get to keep trying. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, again, Olympic sport thing, but I just saw a a clip of, I forget her name, but she's from the Bahamas. And I think she won like the 400 meter, whatever. Yes. And, and Shanae something Mm -hmm. Weibo. Anyway, and in the 2012 Olympics, she had to pull out of the event because of an injury. Mm -hmm. The 2016 Olympics, she literally dove across the finish line and slid across the finish line. And then in this Olympics, it shows like the massive lead that she had on people. Mm -hmm. And so just the idea of, you know, we might totally, we probably will fail in the beginning. We will have hard days. We will scrape on the track. Yeah. But I think there is so much victory to be had in just keeping going and keep trying. Mm -hmm. And three minutes is easy to do. So if you're having your morning routine while you're holding your baby, Mm -hmm. if you're having your morning routine while they're eating Cheerios Mm -hmm. or watching a show, um, I I think there's so much grace for how you keep your kids occupied during that one time if they're awake. Like if they want to watch a cartoon or I don't actually don't even know what little kids do. Do you watch cartoons or is it just YouTube things? I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of out of touch. There's lots with, of Netflix stuff. Little ones. Yeah. <laughs> lots of Netflix stuff. So, you know, I just think there's so much grace. Um, yeah. And I, I think that would be my first and foremost answer. I, I believe that there is absolutely nothing in this world that will impact your life more than connecting with God because mm-hmm. he made you, he knows you, he knows the people around you. Yeah. And if if whatever routine or habit you use from anywhere you find in the world, mm-hmm. if it can help you to build that routine, mm-hmm. um, then that's going to impact your life more than anything else. So just don't give up yeah. and keep going. And my hope is that this three minutes is simple enough that you can squeeze it in wherever you can. If it's the minute you wake up, mm-hmm. great. Not to an alarm. Great. Yeah. If it's between snooze buttons, mm-hmm. great. If it's while you're holding your kid. Yeah great. If it's while they're watching a show, great. Mm -hmm. There's, there's just grace for all of it. And just don't give up because I don't think there's anything else more important than we could do. Yeah. I love that. You know, what's so crazy is a friend of mine, um, recently had her fourth baby. And so like, you would think like, Oh, four kids, like good luck, like being alive. You know what I mean? Like that's nuts. (laughs) But she was saying, you know, she's in my small group and we're reading through the Bible together in a year, this group of women. And she was saying that when her baby was like a newborn, newborn, it was actually easier for her to get her Bible reading done in the morning. Cause she was like, you know what? I would wake up and my husband would take the other three and give them breakfast and I would nurse the baby. And it was like Mm -hmm. this time that I had to just be like sitting and quiet and like nursing her first thing in the morning. And like, I had really good Bible time, God time then, you know what I mean? Whereas Mm -hmm. like 
she said it's actually gotten a little more challenging as like the baby's gotten older and is more mobile and stuff. And she realizes like, oh, okay, like, you know, now I got to reset things. But it's true. You know, it's easy to think like, oh, well, in this stage of my life, it's impossible. But it's not like you said, like you can be creative and fit it in in different ways, you Mm -hmm. know, and God bless the TV. Lord knows we all use it for our small children when we need it. 100%. 100%. And, you know, when they're a little, you can have a little basket of things that they can play with and maybe they'll enjoy it for three whole minutes yeah. or maybe it's just one minute and you hand them a new toy. Yeah. Yeah. And another minute and you hand them another toy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I really, as I have gotten older in my old age <laughs> in whether it's in business or sports or life, I just feel that the person who is the most faithful mm-hmm. as opposed to the most talented or most you know, successful looking, mm-hmm. it's really the faithful ones that, that, um, not just succeed, but that really, I think lead a fulfilled life. Yeah. I agree with you. So, and I love what you said before about like, if you do it one day and then you miss 10, like, okay, mm-hmm. like get back on the horse kind of, because that's something like I struggle with. So I'm like an Enneagram one. So I'm very like, organized and scheduled and things like that. So for me, you know, if I set out on like, okay, like I'm going to be really good with my mornings, I'm going to set my alarm consistently, you know, and it's gotten a little easier for me as now my kids are two and four, they're more consistent with what time they wake up. Right. Where when they were babies, it was more like erratic. But now it's like, OK, like I know pretty much they're going to wake up around 637. So I if I set my alarm for six and I know I'll have this time, whatever, and I'll be really good about it for a while. And then something will happen that'll make me fall off the horse, whether it's like, I don't know, like someone was sick and then kids are like in my bed or something or we're traveling or whatever. And then I struggle. Like if I fall off the horse and then I miss a few days, then I'm like, ugh. I suck. Like I have this like all or nothing thinking and I'm just like, whatever, I give up. I obviously can't do this. Instead of just having grace for myself and being like, yeah, okay, it was a hard week. So you, you missed it. So come back, you Mm -hmm. know? And I Mm -hmm. love that you said that, that it doesn't, it's not perfect. It's not going to be like every day is going to be this like perfection because things happen. Yes. But it's the consistency. Mm-hmm. I, I have a fake math formula. I'm a, I, I'd like to joke with my kids that I'm a writer, not a mather, mm. but I have a fake math formula of guilt plus grace equals growth. So yeah. I think a lot of times we cling on to guilt longer than we should, whereas guilt is kind of a, it's like pain. Mm-hmm. It, it allows us to notice, oh, that didn't work. Mm. And then we move on to grace. Okay. That didn't work. So what am I going to do next? And then we can grow, Mm -hmm. but too often we kind of want to punish ourselves maybe for not doing it perfectly. Totally. And so then we just sit in guilt, never give ourselves the grace. And then probably we quit. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then we never grow. Mm -hmm. And so if I just remind myself, I'm all actually also an Enneagram one. Oh, and if I I just take guilt plus grace, then I know I'm going to grow. Yeah. But if I own that guilt for too long, then I'm just going to be stuck. Yeah. I love that. What you said, it's like, almost like we like to punish ourselves. I do that Mm -hmm. all the time, you know, like it's, it makes no sense really when you say it out loud, right? Like if you say like, we like to punish ourselves, people are like, that doesn't even make sense. But like, (laughs) if you're in it, it's like, no, that totally makes sense to me. Like that is something Mm -hmm. that we, we do, you know? And so I just think that that's really powerful. And just like the whole concept of 
waking up for your life, waking up for your kids, right? I'm a nicer person. I know I am nicer to my children when they aren't the one who woke me up, right? When I was already up and then when they come out of bed, I can be like, hi, instead of Mm -hmm. like, I open my eyes and like her face is right in front of my face. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, it's like very jarring. And so it just, it's, it makes sense. I want to circle back a little bit to your story. So I know that we've talked about how your book is called Hello Mornings. And in your book, you talk about morning routines and things like that. But you also talk about your story and you shared a little bit of that Mm -hmm. about how you didn't know your mom. I would love for you to kind of tell the rest of that about the story of when you went to the Philippines and all of that. Okay. I would love to hear about that. I love telling that story too, because I think it's just this nice, concise picture of God's redemption and his plan for us. You know, I think I often reference sports things because I feel like a sporting event is often a microcosm of life, Mm -hmm. of the effort and the trial and the victory or the, you know, the defeat or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And this story, I feel like is just kind of a microcosm of God's grace and redemption Mm. uh, for us. And um, so, yeah, my mom was from the Philippines and she was the only one actually from her family who came over. So I didn't know anybody. I occasionally got tapes of my grandpa and grandma. So I think I'd heard their voice mm-hmm. and I'd occasionally gotten airmail letters. Like there was special paper that people used to use in the olden days ah. when I was a kid uh, that was airmail. And it was like this like blue and white and red and is really thin rice paper. Anyway, uh, that's awesome. Gosh, that's I'm an amazing like, really memory <laughs> in the <Yes>. olden days. <laughs> and then when the carriage would finally deliver it to my house, a little candle. No, so I remember getting Aramea letters and and uh, just very vague memories. I never knew how many aunts and uncles I had. I didn't know much about my mom. Nobody in my family talked a ton mm. about her. Uh, so just growing up, it was very much this hole in my life of not understanding my Filipino heritage because I grew up, I didn't mention that my dad is like Swedish and Dutch. So I grew up in a blonde hair, blue eyed family and I'm half Asian. Yeah. So, so it was very uh, different experience growing up. Not people would always say, so what are you? Right. (laughs) Because you don't look like the rest of your family. Yeah. Um, So just not knowing any of that culture or anything. And we're a very normal American middle-class family. So I never had any visions of traveling anywhere, even if I knew any of the family in the Philippines. Right. But once I started writing um, about morning routines and starting a blog, and um, shortly after that, uh, the blog kind of took off Mm -hmm. and got way more recognition than I ever imagined. And I got a text message from this guy named Sean Groves, who at the time was the um, blogging trip director for Compassion International. So Compassion does like child sponsorship in countries around the world. Mm -hmm. So like for $35 a month, you can sponsor a child and it helps them get education and health Mm -hmm. stuff and food and all that sort of thing. And it's an amazing organization. We've been sponsoring kids for years and I'd followed a lot of the blogger trips that had gone before. Mm -hmm. You know, people like Ann Voskamp and all Mm. these different musicians and different people that I'd followed. And I would like cry reading their stories. And so I get this text message and Sean's like, hey, we're going to go on a blogging trip. I wanted to see if you wanted to go. And for me, it was such a huge honor. So I wrote, I wrote a mom blog and I didn't know what it 
was like to have a mom. Right. I was a writer and I'd never taken a writing class. Like yeah. I felt like the most unqualified person to get to go and speak on behalf of children. And I just was like, God, wow, thank you that I have this opportunity. It's totally you. And then I got another text message. I remember my husband was out of town. My kids were asleep and I was at the dining room table. And the next message kind of made me just sit down in the dining room chair and ball because mm-hmm. it said, we're going to the Philippines. You still interested? <sighs> and you were just like, what are the chances? Right. They're in countries all over <sighs> the world. Sean did not know my story. Yeah. Um, most people actually, I, since I grew up in Texas, most people assume I'm Hispanic. Okay. Because Filipinos can look very Hispanic. Yeah. Um, and so like, there's just no way for anybody to know my story. Right. And so it was just such a beautiful hand of God moment. So obviously I was like, yes, I want to go. And I was so excited because not knowing much about my mom mm-hmm. and not knowing anything about Filipino culture just made me feel connected with her mm-hmm. to know that I was going to be in the place that she grew up. I was going to eat foods that she ate mm-hmm. and smell smells and see places. And um, having always wanted that mother-daughter connection, mm-hmm. just I actually cried going through customs mm. <laughs> when we finally arrived. And I remember one of my fellow bloggers was like, I can't even imagine what this means to you. And the customs lady looked at me and she said, you're half Filipino, aren't you? Aww. And I was like, hey, hey. Aww, that's so <laughs> um, crazy. And so, you know, there's me crying at baggage claim. Yeah. Oh. But a couple months before, like right before we went, uh, I was up late on Facebook one night and I get a message on Facebook and it said, Hey, my name is Esther Sandy. I don't know if you remember me, but we exchanged some airmail letters when we were little and I'm your cousin in the Philippines. I was like, I mean, I was like, Oh my gosh, I love Facebook at this very moment in time. And so I was like live chatting with my cousin in the Philippines. We're both adults now. And I said, well, crazy thing, but I'm actually going to be in Manila in a few weeks. That is, And her immediate response was great. We'll meet you there. Oh my gosh. This story is nuts. Like just the fact that, like you said, like, first of all, like backing it up, you, you write a mom blog that kind of blows up and you're like, I didn't have a mom and I'm also not like trained as a writer. So like that in and of itself is kind of like, wow, that's nuts. Like, wow, that's so crazy that mm-hmm. you, this blog blew up. And then to have it like noticed by compassion, getting invited on a trip, that's a huge deal as it is anyway. Then that it's to the Philippines. Then that your cousin happens to reach out to you like a few weeks before you're going, like everything about this is just like nuts. It's insane. It's totally God. And so the day that I met my compassion sponsor child, which is already a very emotional experience. Because you've been sending um, money every month for this specific child. And then to get to meet them. Writing letters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we get to meet them and I'm already emotional. I'm like, oh my gosh, you even look like me. You know, just also growing up where I grew up, Mm -hmm. I was never around anybody who was Filipino. So it was just so neat for me to be in a country where like everybody looks like me. Yeah, just, there was something about it that was very special for me. And so we met my compassion sponsor child and then we got in the bus back to the hotel. And I remember we were driving up to the hotel and there these floor to ceiling windows. And I looked up and I just knew 
that that was my family because there's this group of people just standing at the window and we had to go through like security to get into the lobby and there was a trip photographer and I just like kind of ran out of the bus and she ran after me and I went through security and I went up and then we kind of all just ugly cried because they got to see the daughter um, of their sister that they had lost so long ago and I got to meet my mother's siblings there were 18 of them they had traveled over 24 hours just oh my god by plane, train, automobile, whatever. And, you know, just to think of the intricacies of God, that somewhere in time he had Mark Zuckerberg come up with this idea of Facebook. Totally. So that messaging would be prepared in time that my cousin could connect with me so that I could have this story that would hopefully encourage people that are in the midst of the unknown, that are in the midst of the unredeemed situations to know that God is planning bigger things and that he is a God of redemption and that he's not done with our story, you know, and that there's always something something that he's doing and something that he's working on. And that just brings so much hope, I think. Mm. I I mean, I love it. I I love that story. I think that that's so beautiful. Have you been able to keep in touch still? I have. We've, it's, the internet is just amazing. You know, it's so fun. So every birthday, all these relatives that I didn't even know that I had will like, you know, say happy birthday. I get random messages from some of my cousins and it's actually neat. One of my cousins is a pastor in the Philippines. Mm. And so during COVID, they like broadcasted their church service. And so I got to actually watch one of their church services that was in the Philippines. I don't know. it It was really neat. Yeah. That is amazing. You know, it's so true. Like social media, it's very easy for us to be like, social media is horrible. Like that it gives you everybody anxiety and makes everybody yell at each other and whatever. And it can be a very negative thing, but can also be a really, mm-hmm. really amazing thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a knife. You can use it lots of different ways. Totally. If you use it well, it can really be mm-hmm. phenomenal. I think that that's, mm-hmm. oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um. All right. So switching gears a little bit back to Hello Mornings. So we've talked about your book. We've talked about the uh, the website and the blog. Tell me about the podcast. Yeah. So the podcast has gone through some different phases, mm-hmm. especially as I've been busy with my kids. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of podcast episodes where I got to interview people and talk about their morning routines. Yeah. Um, and then other people that I interviewed to talk about you know, things that that are important to them that can impact our morning style. Like I talked about decision-making with Emily Freeman. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to interview Christine Kane and Carrie Job and talk about, you know, worship in the morning. So Mm -hmm. there's lots of, it's really a variety of things that I try to bring back to the mornings. But we also always have a chunk of podcasts that are just a Bible study Mm -hmm. because my heart is with the three-minute morning. I want to make it as easy as possible. Yeah women to connect with God. So through the three minute morning, and then on our podcast right now, currently, I don't know when this is going to air, but currently we're going through the book of um, Esther. Yeah, And so it's just, I read the scripture and then I, our, our writers write commentary and do a great job just diving into the scripture passages. So I read the commentary that's very relatable with great stories. And then we always have reflection questions so that if you want to dive deep and study deeper, mm-hmm. you can as well. So, uh, and those are just something you can pop into your ears and listen to while your kids 
yeah. play or while right. your kids watch a show. Yeah. It doesn't even take you opening your Bible. We want you to do that, but we also just want to make it easy for you to, to study. So there's a lot happening on the podcast, lots of different kinds of content. Mm-hmm. Um, but our goal is always just to help women Um, meet with Jesus in the morning. I think that's awesome because if you're listening to this and you're feeling like, okay, I'm interested in this three-minute morning thing, uh, but I I have this issue or I have this problem or I have this, the first few episodes, if you scroll all the way back to the beginning Mm. of of the Hello Mornings podcast, the first few episodes are all like tips if you're a night owl, tips for this, tips for that. Like, and I love it. It's like very, very practical. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. even like uh, you and Heather got into a whole conversation about like people that don't want to uh, set an alarm because they're like, oh, it's going to wake up my family or whatever. So it's like, you can have sound machines around your house. You can have like a Fitbit that vibrates and that wakes you up. So like stupid little things that actually make a really big difference if you are looking to like vamp up your morning routine. So I definitely encourage if you're listening to this to go back, listen to those first few episodes of the Hello Morning podcast, because that gives you practical tips and tricks. And then I Mm -hmm. love that you have the Bible studies on there because Mm -hmm. that's also amazing because there's probably people that are listening to this thinking like, oh, but I struggle. Like I, I want to get up. I want to do this, but I'm never really sure what to read or you know, I feel like I don't have any structure to the way that I attack my Bible reading, whatever. Hey, guess what? Put on the podcast. It's a Bible mm-hmm. study on the podcast. Like it's very, very easy for you to do this, which yes. I think it's amazing. Like the resources you guys have are incredible. You know, and I think so many people would do amazing things if they just had a plan. Yes. And and that's really what it comes down to. What we want to provide people is a simple way to do it because we we wanted when we get to a decision point, especially for those of us who are Enneagram ones, mm-hmm. we want to do it perfectly. We want to do it this way. We want to do it that way. But if it's already laid out for us, yeah. it's just so much easier to be like, okay, I'm just going to do this until I feel God prompting me to do something different. Totally. So yeah, we just want to offer that structure to make it a, a launching pad for people to connect with God. Totally. So on that note, if someone's listening and they're thinking, where do I start? Like, what would you say? So we obviously like you have your book, you have the website, you have the podcast. Where should somebody start if they feel like overwhelmed by all of this? Like if they're just yeah. like, I've never woken up before my kids a day in my life. Like, how do I start? Where can they go? Where mm-hmm. would you direct them like to start? Yeah. I mean, just go to hellomornings.org. There's actually a start here button. Perfect. And then they can download our three minute morning. And I would just say, print that out and put it on your mirror Mm -hmm. because then it's in front of you. Digital stuff can get lost and we can get distracted. But if you just print it out and put it on your mirror, that'll give you a good starting point. Yeah, Um, I do really encourage people to read the book. There's an audio version of the book Mm -hmm. too. I love audiobooks. Yes, And to me, the book just gives a broader picture of why I think mornings are important. And my heart with the book is not just to explain how to build a morning routine and concepts about habit building and stuff, but to really help everyone. I think especially moms too, Mm -hmm. to remember that they have a life purpose and it's not just their kids that, that they're meant to impact, um, you know, maybe their kids, maybe some mom it's, their sole purpose is to invest in their kids. And that's what God specifically has for them. That's the calling specifically has in their lives. But there maybe is another mom who he specifically wants them to invest in their kids and be PTA president. Or, you yeah. know, so I just think yeah. that God has very specific calls for each one of us. Mm-hmm. And I um, think especially as moms, we can kind of get lost yeah. in motherhood mm-hmm. and 
because it is a powerful and wonderful and amazing role that we have. But I want to make sure that we, our identity is in him Mm -hmm. as opposed to in our motherhood. Yeah. So a lot of the book is just reminding us that he has a purpose and a plan for us. And it's going to look different for different people in different seasons. Um, But you are needed and you play a role in his epic story of humanity. And so we want to help you wake up and live that purposefully. And that's kind of the heart of the book. Mm, I think that's so beautiful what you said to remember that like our identity is not in our motherhood. It's in Mm -hmm. God and who he says that we are. And I think that's so important because motherhood is so important. Of course Mm -hmm. it is. And it's all consuming and whatever. But if your identity is in your motherhood, you're going to be lost and let down a lot because like Mm -hmm. we can't control our kids. You know what I mean? Like we can invest in them and we can obviously nurture and grow them, but like they are their own little people, you know what I mean? And so like when my two-year-old throws a temper tantrum, like if my whole identity is wrapped up in her behavior, then like I'm going to hate myself every other day, you know, because Mm -hmm. anytime she acts like has a temper tantrum or is mean to her sister, whatever, anytime my kids fight, then it's like, I'm going to crumble, you know, because it's like, this is all I have is my kids. So I think that that's really important and just such a good reminder. Well, and I think you make a great point too, that then when we crumble, Mm -hmm. then our kids see that. Yes. And it displaces their perspective of what their identity is. Yeah. You know, they're, they are made, um, to know God and to love him. They are not made to keep mommy proud of them or, you know, that's not their purpose. And so it it all can kind of trickle down. So it's important that as women and as moms that we set our identity right so that we can be the, what is it? We can be the thermostat for our home instead of just the thermometer for it. So. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Did you make that up? No, 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 no. Heard that. I don't even know. I love that. you know, the idea that you set the temperature yeah. and the culture for your home instead of just reflecting the chaos of your home. Totally. Oh, I love that. Oh, all right. One other thing is I follow Hello Mornings on Instagram and I love the prayers that you post every day. Mm-hmm. They're like prayers for our family is what it's like the mm-hmm. series. So what did, mm-hmm. t- tell me about that. What is that? You know, I have great intentions mm-hmm. And I don't always have the best follow through. So I need systems. Mm -hmm. I need consistency. And so that's what those prayers actually are. It's just, I made it for myself. Actually, I worked with a friend who was just really has a heart for prayer. Mm -hmm. And um, she helped craft those and make sure that we were kind of praying for a variety of things for our family. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just a great touch point for me to pray for my kids every single day, have a simple thing to pray, have a scripture to pray pray for them so that I'm not complaining Yes, and I'm actually praying. Yes. Um, and the other day, my, uh, college sophomore, her roommate was over and said, she saw, we have them up in our kids' bathrooms. And I changed the title to like praying for your sibling mm-hmm. or whatever. And so she was in the bathroom and she came out and she's like, can we get one of those for our apartment uh, praying for a roomie? So I was like, oh my gosh, my college daughter's roommate yes. asked for that. So I sat there changing family to roomies, family totally. to roomies throughout the whole uh, document. So, um, so yeah, I really made it as something that was helpful to me. And I think it's been helpful to a lot of people. So I'm very thankful for it. And I love the idea that kids... And families all over because I changed it from it used to be praying for your children. Yeah. But now husbands can pray for their wives yeah. or 
kids can pray for their parents. It really can be anybody praying for everybody. I love you. I, I just love all of that. I love everything that you guys do. Like, I'm serious. Like, I guys, in the show notes, we're going to do, I will link the Instagram, the book, the podcast, the website, like resources galore, like for real, easy things. It's, it's like stupid proof, you know, it honestly, like, it's like, it's very easy to like get the resources and implement them like tomorrow. It really, so I will link all of that in the show notes. It'll all be there. I love it. Before we go, I want you to tell everybody the cool thing that you do with each of your kids during their eighth grade year. Definitely. Well, I just, a friend of mine just said to me, I just realized you just finished your last eighth grade year. How are you feeling? And I was like, I didn't realize that. Like I didn't, (laughs) it didn't fully occur to me that I was never going to do that again. Yeah. So it's not really sad, but it's a little bit sad. So, um, it it happened. It wasn't like intentional. It happened very, um, organically, Mm -hmm. but we pull our kids out of school for their eighth grade year. So my kids have done a mixture of private school when they were little public school when they were older and my oldest when she went into her eighth grade year she just had a rough seventh grade year as pretty much does the rest yeah of who the doesn't world, yeah. I think <laughs> um and so she's very social but I just kind of offhandedly said do you want to homeschool next year mm-hmm. and she was like yeah I think I would and I remember thinking that must be God because yeah, you're like, she's so social. Yeah, Why yeah. would she want to spend time with me her whole eighth grade year? And so we did. And it's definitely looked different for each of my kids. Mm-hmm. I will also say that if your kids have, you know, specific educational needs, mm-hmm. you want to take that into account. Right. Um, uh, we did try to kind of put our kids in slightly harder classes their seventh grade year so that hopefully the education would carry over That's smart from their eighth grade year so totally. that their ninth grade year they could dive in because I'm not the greatest educator um it's and tough. so we just did a lot of online school um we pulled books but basically the heart of the year for us is just for so that I can in- invest in my kids so that mm-hmm. I can get to know that kid one-on-one mm-hmm. um I also really wanted to help each child that one year, Mm -hmm. figure out kind of what they were passionate about Mm -hmm. and what they love to do. And that really happened. So our oldest uh, did play the viola and she really thrived on that, that homeschool year. Mm -hmm. Our middle daughter plays tennis. She thrived on that her homeschool year. And my son found Taekwondo this past year when he uh, homeschooled. And it's just a sweet you know, it's not perfect. I'm just going to say that, you know, sometimes my kid, kids would be like, I can't wait to see people again. Right, right. Or, you know, or mom, what did you teach us? And I'm like, I know I taught you stuff. We did very educational things. <laughs> I know we did something. Um, we read something. I know we did something. Yeah. But really overall, I just wanted to get to know them mm-hmm. um, on that one-on-one level mm-hmm. and really understand what makes them tick and invest in them as much as I could and love on them because it's really a sweet year where they still like being around you yeah. even though they're kind of growing up. Yeah. So um, it's been a very treasured time for me in particular, but I think all my kids say they enjoyed it. And we, we also gave each of my kids the choice. Like nobody had to do it. Okay. That was my next question. I was going to say, did any of them like, I don't really want to do this, but they all wanted to. Yeah. They all, they all wanted to. So I was like, great. That's (laughs) really, really cool. I bet you inspired a bunch of people. Cause you know, it's funny. Um, 
like I've said, my kids are two and four, they're little. So during COVID, Mm -hmm. it didn't really impact us like in terms of schooling. Like, you know, everyone was freaking out like, oh, like we have to school our kids from home. Like my kids were little, they didn't really know the difference anyway. But I did have a lot of friends whose kids were in like lower elementary and they were making a choice whether like, should I send my kid? Should we do like when schools were for sure closed, they were like, should we just have them do like online school from home, like through the public school? Or should we just fully pull them out and homeschool them. And it's, it was interesting for me to watch like different people's decisions. And uh, some of my friends that decided to like legit homeschool were the type of people that are like, I never, ever would have done this. And I Mm -hmm. did it. And I loved it. Like I really loved the way that I was able to interact with my child that year in a way that we wouldn't have before, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. And I especially love that you do it their eighth grade year. Because you're right. I I personally, I know middle school is like a terrible time for everybody's life, but I've taught middle school. I've been a teacher for several years. And so like I've taught middle school the last few years and I really like middle schoolers. Like I know they're quirky and they can be like difficult and annoying or whatever, but like I like them because I feel like middle schoolers are that perfect amount of like, I'm cool and I don't want like anyone to bother me, but also I do kind of still care what adults think of me. So I do actually still want to please you. And it's like Mm -hmm. just that like perfect little like amount of like they're independent, but they're still a little insecure and want like you to guide them a little bit. So I like working with middle schoolers. And I think that's cool that you choose their eighth grade year. It's like before you go off to high school and you're like super independent and busy with sports and activities and whatever, you know, let's have this like really special year together. I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's definitely been something that I've enjoyed. And since my husband works from home as well, he's able to be around them more and see them more and build that relationship as well. So, you know, I think that as a young mom, I really stressed about education Mm -hmm. a lot, which is valid. Education is important, but education isn't just the school that they go to. It's the culture that you have in your home and kids are very resilient. So if you switch them from a private school to a public school, to a home school, Mm -hmm. to a public school, to a private, you know, they're very resilient. And so I just want to encourage moms that feel like trapped yeah. that it's okay to try things. You can try homeschooling and then you can put them back into school halfway through the year. You know, there's That's a lot so of, true. there's a lot more grace. You're not as stuck often as we think that we are. So, um, I don't think I always realized that when I was a young mom. Yeah. So something that I definitely try to encourage for young moms. That is good for me to hear too, because I do that all the time. Like I'll be like, we have to like live in the exact right town because wherever, you know, she starts kindergarten is where she's going to be for forever. And it's like, "Mm, that's not true. Like people move Mm -hmm. all the time. Right. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. like you said, like you could decide to homeschool and if it doesn't work out, they can go back to school. Like they're very resilient. Like kids really do well with change. They do better than we do, you know, like throughout all of COVID, everyone was like freaking out about the kids. And it's funny, you know, being a teacher in school and seeing with the masks and everything, like the adults were way more upset about it than the kids were. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the Mm -hmm. kids were honestly Mm -hmm. like, I'm just happy to be with my friends. Like, it's okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're fine. You know, like the kids really do bounce back. They're just kind of like happy to be with their friends and doing whatever, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. like, you're right. Kids are really resilient. And I think that we can sometimes learn from them in that way, you know? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And we can give ourselves grace as moms that when we mess up, yeah, our kids are going to be okay. When we make a bad decision, they're going to be okay. When we make a good decision, they're going to be okay. Yeah. You're right. I love that. Kat, I just appreciate this so much. You have no idea. Like I'm, I was so excited to interview you. I love everything that you do. It's been so fun talking to you. I'm just, I appreciate it so much. Well, I have very much enjoyed it, Hale. And I do have to ask, where are you? Where are you located? Because I love accents, and you have some sort of accent. Can you figure it out? I'm, I'm not confident enough to say. So just tell me. I'm in New Jersey. Okay, <laughs> that's what I would. That's what I would say. But I didn't want to do it in a recording. Well, because- and also because it's like it sounds horrible. I can say this though because I'm from New Jersey. I feel like if people are not from New Jersey and they're like, "Are you from Jersey?" People would get offended by that. You know, <laughs> like because mm. New Jersey doesn't always have like the best, and it's okay. We can own it. We don't always have the best reputation around the country, and that's okay. <laughs> We're trying to redeem I think it. New Jersey's cool. I mean, maybe <laughs> just because I'm from the South, but I'm like anybody kind of up in the New England northern area. I'm like, oh, that's that's all super cool. Yeah. So I'm like born and raised Jersey. My husband's from Colorado. So I lived out there okay. for four years. So that was, you know, totally different. We love Colorado, obviously. So my husband does say things different than me. Like I say Colorado. Mm. He says Colorado. And another really terrible Jersey thing is like, we say things like forest. That's how people hear say. And my husband is like, that's ridiculous. It's a forest. So I actually (laughs) say forest now because he's made me insecure. (laughs) He's like, I don't want the girls to say forest. He's like, that's ridiculous. Who talks like that? Says the Colorado man. Exactly. I'm like, everyone in this state says forest. So that's what we're going to, but we've switched. So now we say forest, which it doesn't matter anyway, because what forest is there around here? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But, oh, you got to love it. But I'm glad, you know, you don't sound, you don't have like a Texas, like, do you say y'all? I haven't heard of y'all. I do say y'all. I am actually, I was born and grew up in Chicago until I was seven. Okay. So and then I moved to Brownsville, Texas. So for those listening, I'm making the shape of Texas. Yes. And then if it meets at the very bottom, that's Brownsville. So oh. it's like the bottom. So it culturally, it was like growing up in Mexico yeah. in the sense of I literally lived on the border. We would eat lunch in Mexico. Like really? It, so Yes, we would just go across for Sunday. You can't do that. Can't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right. But we would go across for lunch and shop and stuff in Mexico. So, so I have a very, very janky accent. When we first moved to Brownsville, you know, you know, I talked more like I was from the Middle East, you know, the Mid East and had a Chicago accent. Chicago is definitely like you, you don't sound like you have a Chicago accent. You can pick that up. I think. My accent has pretty leveled out. I was going to say, as far as I know. you kind of sound like you have no accent. Like you are almost yeah. like the perfect speaking, non-accented individual. Although if I watch too much Pride and Prejudice for anything, then I start talking <laughs> like this. You can tell when my kids have watched too much Peppa Pig because then they start speaking like they have an English accent. <laughs> Which is the cutest thing It's ever. adorable. Like for a while, my daughter actually would say like, mom, can I have some water? Like she would just switch for <laughs> no. that one word. And it was like hilarious to me. I was like, maybe <laughs> when I'm out with the kids, people will think like I'm married to like a British man or something. It's like little, that do they know is it's, amazing. It's I would never pig. correct them. Oh no, it's I so would never cute. Correct them. It's so cute. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Well, this has been so fun for real. Like I've loved this. I know the listeners are going to love this. We'll link all of this in the show notes, everybody. And thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CaitlinElliott.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you want to toss us a five-star rating, I would love you forever. Check us out next week for another new episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at so.what.else. Editing and all that stuff by Matt Carpenter with Parable Productions. Parable Productions.